0: Farm Talk on C103 with the Dairy Gold Prime Elite Rumi Force Calf Cube. Maximise calf performance and health at grass by optimising the function of the rumen.
1: Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme with John O'Connor. Later in the programme, an update on the acres payment situation. Various aspects of sheep care looked at, plus other items. But first, an update on ploughing. Mr. Philip Cotter, P.R.O. for the Cork East Ploughing Association. First of all, Philip, welcome to the programme. Now you've an update on some recent ploughing events. So, Philip, over to you.
2: Thank you very much, John. We had our last Cork East match at the top of December with Bartlemy and the lands of Pat and Eileen Pine, with their kind permission. And Pat and Eileen have been great supporters for, with their land from back a number of years now, and we had a lovely sight. And in actual fact, today turned out Fantastic as it happened on the day. So these are the results from Barclay Me Sunday, from the uh, Senior Open. First, Mike Linehan. Second, Dave Mulcahy. Third, Joe Toomey. And fourth, Michael Hannon. The three for a match. First, James Prendergast. Second, Killian Taith. And third, Jimmy Barris. Two for intermediates: intermediate. First, Liam Prendergast and second, Michael Hannon. The Makre, first, Stephen O'Connell, and the Farmer Race, first, Orly Hayes, and the two for a uh, reversible, one compares there, Paddy Harrington, and the two for a uh, vintage hydraulic, first, Salem Cuthbert, and second, Henry McGrath. Those are the results, John from uh, Berthlemy on last Sunday, and... The, that's the finish up of the Cork qualifying matches for this season. So on behalf of my own behalf and on behalf of Cork East associations, Association, I would like to thank you for giving us the slot every week and um, because it's a, a, an advertising slot for us and we like to be in contact as much as we possibly can. So, um, On that note, I'd just like to wish you and the staff a very happy and peaceful Christmas because we won't probably be in contact between here now and Christmas. So again, John, we'd just like to thank you for your full cooperation and your slice each week, and um, thank, thank you very much.
1: You're very welcome indeed, Philip, and thank you for your regular reports, keeping us bang up to date with events and their recent results. Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Plowing Association, and we take this opportunity on behalf of myself and c O three and the Dairy Gold Farm Talk Programme, of wishing all members of the Cork East Plowing Association a very happy Christmas and a prosperous new year, and until we speak again, thank you very much indeed, Philip, and we hope that all of the people in Cork East Ploughing Association get over the holiday period uh, safely and into a new bright and prosperous New Year 2024. So thank you, Philip, very much indeed.
2: Thanks a million. Thank you very much, John. You're very welcome.
1: IFA Farm Family Vice Chair, Mistress Roach, welcomes a new scheme that's been announced by the Minister Heather Humphreys to improve access to the State Pension Contributory for long-term carers. The long-term carers contribution scheme makes it easier for those who have cared for over 20 years for an incapacitated person to qualify for a state pension contributory when they reach pension age. Under this scheme, Ms. Theresa Roach points out, any period in which a carer is registered as providing care to a person who has a disability that requires full-time care and attention can be included in their pay-related social insurance PRSI record for the state pension contributory purposes. Miss Roach would encourage all carers to now register their caring periods as the following website. Mywelfare.ie and that's capital M M Y Capital W E L F A R E dot IE. To register at mywelfare.ie, capital M capital W. The chairperson of the ICMSA's Dairy Committee, Mr. Noel Murphy, has called on milk processors to, quote, wake up to the reality facing their farmer suppliers by paying them at least 37 cents per leisure for milk supplied in November. Mr. Noel Murphy went further by insisting that such a price rise must signal the beginning of a series of rises to be introduced in coming months. Mr Murphy said the only surprise with the October milk supply figure being down 12.1% is that the reduction wasn't even greater. He said we anticipate November and December figures will be down even more as pharmacy contends, many of whom would normally milk over the winter, have taken the decision to dry off their cows as it simply is not economically viable to continue to milk them. Irish dairy farmers, he said have experienced an extremely difficult year And it's hugely frustrating that our milk processors, who have seen dairy product prices increase substantially since the start of September, had taken the decision to sit on these increases rather than pass them back to their farmer suppliers. These people have been producing milk below the cost of production for months now. The ICMSA dairy chairperson, Noel Murphy, said that Chagas had estimated that the cost of production in 2023 to be out 37 cents per litre and the reality today, he said, is that only one Irish processor is paying a base milk price above this level. Farmers, he said, had voted with their feet and dried off cows. That's going to continue until and unless processors wake up to the reality that many farmers are not in a position to pay their bills this year. IFA President Tim Cullen has welcomed the announcement of the new Agri-Regulator Board and the start date of 13th of December Wednesday 13th of December the start of the Agri-food Regulator he said it's been a long campaign to get this established former IFA president Mr Joe Healy will chair the board and Mr Tim Cullen wished him well in his work in conjunction with her new role as CEO of the Agri Regulator Miss Neve Lennon will continue as head of unfair trading practices enforcement authority this is an important rule in ensuring that food retailers, food processors and all those involved in buying food products from farmers comply with the Unfair Trading Practices Directive. Mr Cullinan said the IFA look forward to engaging with Miss Neve Lenehan on behalf of farmers, in particular those in the fresh produce sectors who are so reliant on the retail sector. The number of fruit and vegetable growers has been in decline for the past 20 years, due to what he said was margin pressures exerted on growers from the top of the food chain. Mr Cullinan said the new Agri-Food Regulation would represent all producers of food, but this sector, the fresh produce sector, is on the brink of non-viability and needs immediate attention in order to retain grower numbers and fresh produce production in Ireland. The appointment of Ms Neave Lennon comes at a time when farmers were never more in need of a voice and regulation to stand up for their livelihoods in an ever more dysfunctional food supply chain. Coming up next in the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Darren Carty, Sheep and Schemes Editor, Irish Farmer's Journal. He gives an update on the 18,600 farmers who may be hit by delays to acre payments. That's next. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr Darren Carty, Sheep and Schemes Editor, Irish Farmer's Journal. First of all, Darren, welcome to the programme. Now, the big leading article headline on the front of the Irish Farmer's Journal for December 9th, 2023 is over 18,600 hit by delay to Acres Payments. What's the situation there, Darren, and what hopes have people of getting payment before Christmas? Yes, so there's
3: a few things say happening, John. So the, the, the headlines say that 18,600. What that refers to is uh, farmers that have entered acres to what's called the cooperation entry uh, route. So there's there's eight areas around Ireland, mainly along the western seaboard, uh, and they're cooperation zone. So there'll be a lot of areas where there's a lot of commonage, mountain, hill areas. And what is confirmed is that Payment will not be made for any farmer that has entered through that entry route until February at the earliest, so February 2024. Now, for a lot of your listeners, John, they would have gone into the acres general entry route, so that's the balance of the 46,000. And there is uh, some uncertainty for for a lot of those farmers as well in this. Minister McConlogue held a meeting yesterday with the farm organisations with say industry stakeholders and he put out some follow-on information yesterday evening and he said that from that cohort the department expect to pay about two-thirds of those before Christmas starting from the 18th of December so that would leave a third of that say uh, cohort of farmers so around 9,000 farmers that have entered through the general entry route that wouldn't get payment until we presume sometime in the new year. So all in all, what you're looking at is the potential for maybe 18,000 farmers getting paid and in the region of 27,000 farmers having to await payment. On the general entry route, we have no idea, say, as if what farmers are going to be prioritised for payments within that. We don't know whether it's certain areas. Uh, Whether it was Files sent in first, we've no way of saying that, unfortunately.
1: Now, there does seem to be some feedback from the department. They say it's a rather complex, all-embracing scheme. And even the computers, they're having difficulty in sorting things out at uh, any great speed. We normally associate the computers with uh, brilliance of being able to sort things out in a flash. But apparently, the scheme is rather extensive, rather all-embracing, and the computers are having a bit of difficulty.
3: Yes, uh, that's one of the things that came up in the meeting yesterday. It seems that definitely for the cooperation side of things, we're told that the computer system that's in place is finding it hard to process the company scores in particular. Now, we're not sure what is the delay in payments for the general entry route. Uh, As as you can imagine, John, the the reaction by farmers uh, has been one of shock, a bit of disbelief. Uh, A lot of farmers... Uh, I was at a, a sheep meeting uh, today in Kerry, and a lot of farmers are in the corporation area there, and they said were making the point that this wasn't known today or yesterday that there was going to be issues with the computer system, and they were just, uh, I suppose, maybe criticising the fact that it's it's late in the day that it's been told now that the payment that you expect to get in the middle of December now might not come until next February. On the other side of things, we do have to be cognizant, that it was good to get the 46,000 farmers into Acres this year, as opposed to 30,000. But that is little solace, John, for anyone that's, that's a waiting payment.
1: And the payment itself, uh, looking at the Irish Farmers Journal press release and your own press release there, Darren Carty, speaking to Darren Carty, Sheep and Schemes Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, it would appear that payments to the Acres cooperation farmers worth an average of 5,500 per farmer. Yes, so the departments, they're actually the department's
3: own figures. They would have said at the time what they expected was, so the maximum payment for the Acres Corporation is, say, 7,000. You can go up to uh, 10,500 by taking top-ups of non-productive investments, but we leave that aside for a second, and they're saying that the average payment, what they expect, just from the core payment, will be 5,500. So significant uh, volumes of money, John, that... uh, that farmers are missing out on at the moment. Uh, And unfortunately, it doesn't look like that there is any sort of way of fast-tracking it, that it seems to me that this is the the constraint that farmers are going to have to work with now.
1: And more or less to sum up then, I understand uh, some letters will be sent out to people regarding the new payment schedule within coming days.
3: Yes, uh, that's what the department has said, is that there will be... uh, some correspondence issuing to farmers look I think that that's a good that's good anyway so it is that at least farmers ha- have some sort of an idea or some sort of foresight but, but really I suppose what they what they want now is, this, is that a firm commitment that the payments do come in February and it's, and it's not a case that it's from February as, as opposed to actually payments coming at the start of February I think that farmers they, they'll have 12-13 months done into a scheme at that stage and and uh, it's uh, there's a lot of, I suppose, maybe anxiousness on, on actually getting some information around how farms have scored, what payments will be like, because the other side of things, as well as not knowing when payments will come, farmers actually don't know how much they're going to get paid in those cooperation zones, or farms that have maybe scored farms. There, there is a bit of, I suppose, maybe a bit of, uh, say, uh, of a shadow on there exactly what level of payment they're going to receive.
1: Well, thank you very much indeed, Darren, for that background to the Irish Farmers Journal headline, banner headline, over 18,600 hit by delay to acres payments. A roundup on page 67 of the Irish Farmers Journal. You have a page there it's outlining in great detail the whole page. Balancing payments commence under BIS, chris and anc so for people in the various schemes a, a very good roundup there in great detail the entire page given over to details but uh, for mostly we've been getting so many calls from people about acres that that letter when you get a letter in your hand well it might at least set out something definite thank you very much indeed mr darren carty sheep and schemes editor irish farmers journal thank you darren very much thanks a million thank you john Joining us on the Farm Programme, Mr Michael Godstein, Chagas Head of the Sheep Programme, Knowledge Transfer Department, Chagas Codrum-McCroom in the rest of the county. First of all, Michael, welcome to the programme. Now, you've kindly agreed to talk to our listeners and your clients about uh, aspects of sheep rearing. So, let's look at liver fluke. Liver fluke and, indeed, other internal parasites are very prevalent this year. It's been found... What is the best course of action for farmers to take?
0: Thanks for having me on, John. Yeah, so look, at, I think it's it's been a very wet year and most people will know that. And, you know, it's also been quite warm, I suppose, because we're seeing that more and more um, temperatures are up as well a little bit. So um, those are kind of climatic conditions that really favour parasites. So the, the the things they need really is warm weather and that helps them to kind of multiply quickly and, and um merge from eggs and things like that on pasture and then water because they need generally these these little guys tend to swim um or need to swim to get up onto grass and or to find their intermediate host in the case of the liver fluke so what we're seeing really in in sheep um is you know a lot of parasite issues this year um so the main parasites that we've been talking about john would be uh, liver fluke um also rumen fluke and then stomach worms in lambs um so generally, look at it's just about being aware of it. So you know, on on farms, I suppose, where there isn't an issue with liver fluke and there isn't an active liver fluke infection, regardless of the weather, they won't have a problem. Um, but on farms where liver fluke or rumen fluke are present, um, we're probably seeing higher numbers this year. Um, so just you know, take take um, precautions in terms of trying to identify what what's happening on the farm. Um, so look at fecal egg counts are reasonably good for stomach worms and probably as well for rumen fluke. Um, Generally with rumen fluke, we suggest that you also need to have kind of clinical disease. So, you know, sheep not doing very well, um, you know, scouring after maybe a liver fluke treatment or something like that. Um, And then you'd be going in there uh, with a rumen fluke treatment. Um, Or in the case of of liver fluke, really the fecal egg counts aren't hugely um, beneficial because it takes them such a long time to get to the egg-laying stage. Um, but in the absence of anything, I mean, a fetal is a good idea to see whether we have, have liver fluke on the farm. Um, but certainly if, if farmers are sending lambs to the factory or sending lambs to our sheep, to, uh, adult sheep to the factory to, to get uh, feedback on the livers to see if there are active liver fluke infection there. And really, I suppose the advice for this time of the year um, is that... You know, most of the country is deemed to be at risk. So the Department of Agriculture do a kind of an annual fluke forecast. And on that, most of the country, and certainly all of Cork, is, is deemed to be at risk of, you know, high risk of, of disease. Um, and the second thing, I suppose, then, is if we are treating animals so we've identified that we have a problem with liver fluke um, and we're going to treat animals, we need to treat with a product, John, that is effective against immature fluke. Uh, at this time of the year because the sheep are still out and they're actively picking up infection um so it's it, to look for products that are effective against immature fluke and and that's the important thing there so not, not no major i suppose alarm bells or anything like that but just for people to be aware of it um you know it's it's a higher risk this year to previous years and if they are going to treat sheep in particular for liver fluke to make sure that the product this time of the year is effective against immature fluke
1: So vigilance there in the face of potential liver fluke or other internal parasites and uh, to monitor your flocking, in the case of sheep, very, very carefully. So, Michael, we turn now to markets, a bit of crystal ball gazing there. But in general, you could say that markets and options for light lambs, this year the market for light store lambs, particularly light hill lambs, has been relatively poor, according to reports. What are some of the options for farmers who may still have lambs at this stage?
0: Yeah, John, so look at, I, I suppose, if we kind of look at the general
1: market outlook, a lot of the kind of figures
0: are showing that it was a reasonable year. But, I mean, the reason, those average figures kind of hide the the, the, the highs and the lows, and, and I suppose the lows really we've seen in the hill the sheep sector, and in particular those light lambs, and an awful lot of those light lambs, um, are very hard sold this year. Okay, so there and, and look at there's a number of reasons for that. Um, you know, one of them is that I suppose store lamb finishers didn't make a huge amount of money last year. Um, you know, concentrate feed prices were very very high. Um, we didn't get those really high prices in the springtime for those those hogged lamb finishers. Um, the other thing is there, there there was an issue this year with I suppose um, forage crops going in on to, to tillage farms. That uh, you know there was new rule changes there, and a lot of tillage farmers didn't put in forage crops and the weather also didn't help people to get forage crops established early and get good crops going so I suppose you know it was a double whammy in so as that there was probably less people fighting for the land uh, at the ringside um, you know and that was having an impact on, on price but also people didn't make as much money last year and I, I suppose weren't as, as enthused. Um, in particular, buying those those lighter lambs. So, like, hill sheep farms have had a difficulty here from that perspective, especially those that have had lambs on the lighter side, um, you know, those lambs kind of under 25, 26 kilograms, and we're still seeing a lot of light lambs coming out. Um, you know, and I think that, too, John, is a reflection, possibly, of, of less feeding on in. You know, concentrate feed was very, very expensive this year, and, you know, a lot of people would have used less um and maybe not fed lambs where they traditionally might have put in a bit of feed and and that's basically showing up now you know so it, it's a it's a real perfect storm of of kind of you know high feed prices less use poor uh summer grazing conditions in terms of putting weight onto lambs and look at there's an awful lot of people out there even you know, talking about maybe not leaving a ram out with the ewes this year and i think that's something that people need to consider very very carefully because Um, You know, in the past when we've seen people doing that maybe 15 years ago, you know, very few people did that for a second year because if you have no lambs at all, you know, it's very hard to keep flock replacements. Your flock gets very old very quickly um, and also you have no uh, sales at all to cover any of the costs and a lot of times your reos will still be incurring costs despite the fact that they're not rearing lambs. So I I suppose that's a little bit of an aside um, as to why we find ourselves... Uh, where we are, there are options, I suppose, for those lighter lambs. And there is, you know, a, a lot of farmers now, especially up the West Coast, that are, are finishing some of those lambs at a lighter weight, um, you know, kind of 12 to 14 kilos carcass weight, um, still so kind a of 33, 34 kilos live weight. The big thing with that is that the lambs need to have a little bit of flesh.
2: Um,
0: so, y- you know, it's, not, it's we're not talking about sending lambs to the factory that are of you know 33 34 35 kilograms um live weight but they, they grade p1s or or o ones they're not going to make the price um but certainly for those light lambs that are are finished with reasonable um fat cover so that's basically lambs that are are getting a bit of meal um you know and and, and are handling reasonably well um there is an outlet outlet there for them um you know with some of the meat plants. So farmers who are looking at their options that have these lambs still on hand um you know there there's a number of options i suppose if you can get grass somewhere to grow them on um into the springtime and sell them next march or april at a french weight so that's kind of you know 18 plus kilos carcass um kind of you know 44 45 plus kilos live weight um and obviously that that depends on people having you know, forage to grow them lambs on and then maybe put a bit of meal in at the end just to get the, 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 the body condition up. Um, option two is you, you sell them as, as a, a store at the mo and take the price at the moment, and that's not very exciting, particularly for those very light lambs. Um, or option three is you take those lambs up to kind of somewhere around, you know, 26, 25, 26, 27 kgs and then start putting in a good bit of meal and try and get them up to that 33, 34, 35 kgs live weight um and kill them at those light lamb weights, you know, twelve to fourteen kilos carcass, um, minimum fat score, their uh, grade and fat score of 02. And look, anyone who's going down that route would want to have a chat with the with the, the processor that they're going to first just to make sure that, you know, they they'll be taking those lambs in, in, in four or five weeks' time when they come ready. But it certainly is an option out there. We've done a lot of research on that in, in our research centre in Athenry, and a lot of that information is available on the Chagas website.
1: That's a great altogether. We often see illustrations in the farming press: the astounding prices that people can get for rams, your know, champion rams. So, in general, obviously, you'd want to be taking care of of the ram in your flock. Care of the ram, indeed. Post mating, rams are the most expensive sheep in most flocks, and it certainly pays to look after them post mating and uh, just to ensure. They're going to be around for next year's mating. So taking care of the ram, your very expensive ram, what would some of the main steps be which farmers and your clients should be taking in uh, you know, rams post-mating?
0: Yeah, John, so look at I suppose, on, on most farms, the, the ram is, is probably the, the most in, single individual sheep expensive um in, in terms of being the most expensive individual sheep that's there and the other thing that we see on, on quite a few farms is that the attrition rate in rams is quite high okay so and look at there's lots of reasons for that so rams get injured during the mating season um you know some rams just die naturally um but you know one of the things i suppose that we we would say is that it's very important when we're finished with the rams um, that we try and get the ram back up in, in, into good condition. So very often, um, you know, we're very concerned about rams in the run-up to mating. So farmers will bring in their rams, you know, maybe two months before the mating season and they'll start feeding them and, you know, looking after all the health issues and lameness and things like that, making sure that they're right for the, the breeding season. The same thing really should apply after the breeding season. So an active ram will have lost 15 to 20% of its body weight. You know, that's a ram that's been very busy mating years and has been spending its time really seeking ewes to mate rather than eating. And it's very important, I suppose, at this stage now, when we're taking up the rams from the ewes, that we look after those things. So look at the bits uh, that we need to look out for are, number one, you know, fixing any health issues or injuries. So rams that have injuries um, or have health-related issues such as lameness or parasite burdens, in particular in ram lambs, we will see that they'll need a worm dose. You know, again, going back to the fluke, um, if there's any fluke issues, they're dealing with those. Um, so that just gets the RAM right from a health point of view. And I suppose then the second uh, really important um, bit, and this is the bit that probably is most often overlooked, is that it's very important to try and build up that condition and do it now rather than saying, okay, look at, you know, I, that RAM there has 10 months to put on the condition um, because I don't need him until next, you know, October or November um really i suppose the ram doesn't have 10 months to put on the condition the ram really needs to put on that condition very quickly now because over the next couple of months it is highly likely that you know in particular if the rams are left outside that you know they're going to be nutritionally challenged um simply because there's a lot of grass growing at the moment the grass is very wet you know and the, the weather conditions are very unfavorable so look what i'd be saying to farmers is is um try and get the condition back up onto the, the rams. And in most cases, in particular with with young rams, in all cases, it will require concentrate feeding. So a certain amount of meal going in there for a period of time to build those rams back up, to help them to fight parasite challenges and things like that, get them over to hump, And then once in the springtime the grass comes, we can, you know, let them off on the grass again. And, and the, the prize here for farmers really is that you will have a healthy, fit and live ram coming into next year that you will get get to use again like you know as opposed to a lamb that a ram that has, has died you know or is in very very poor condition um, and we can't get him back up um, in, into good enough condition prior to the next mating season and the ram end, ends up getting, getting called prematurely because of that like so you know a stitch in time saves nine and I suppose looking after your rams now when you take them up um, is really what's important. So look at the two things that people should be focusing on, John, are are the health issues, so lameness, parasites, um, injuries that they're looked after. And, and, and that they can get a chance to recover from them. And then the second one is, is nutrition.
1: Flock observation there. And a good example of where the financial case uh, runs parallel with animal welfare. If you're watching out for the condition of your ram post mating, keep your eyes open if they get lame or whatever, by being careful with the welfare aspects of your ram post mating. We turn now to winter management of the yo know, flock. We've had a wet year, obviously, challenging grass utilisation, and in many cases, yews are in less than ideal body condition score. What, again, should farmers be doing to ensure their yews don't lose even more body condition between now and lambing time?
0: Yeah, so look, uh, no no different to the rams, and I suppose it being a good year for parasites, it's been a bad year for sheep um, in terms of thrive. So, you know, wet weather... Um, wet grass, poor utilisation, all of those type of things um, have been challenging. And we, we would see, John, that, uh, you know, yours are, are probably back on body condition to kind of the better years when we, we have, you know, drier summers. And I suppose once once the ewes go to the ram, generally the condition that the ewe is at, at mating time, it's probably the best that she's going to be between there and lambing down time. In general, most ewes will lose body condition in late pregnancy. And I suppose the challenge is for most farmers now, it's not a problem for the ewes that are in good body condition. The ewes that are in optimum body condition and maybe even some of the heavier ewes in the flock, they are not a problem. It's it's that percentage of ewes that are suboptimal. And on some of the flocks that we've been measuring, that figure could be up as high as 40% of the ewes being suboptimal at mating time. And the the real challenge for that, those ewes is that it, they will lose more body condition now as they're approaching, um, you know, the lambing season, and they don't have it to lose. And all of the research shows um, that ewes that lose a lot of body condition in in pregnancy, particularly from sc- scanning to lambing, have a have poor outcomes in terms of their ability to rear their lambs and and lamb survival. So the the amount of body condition that a yo loses between now and lambing time next spring john will dictate the success and and her ability to rear that lamb to a good weight and the success in her being able to bring her lambs keep them alive and and bring them to weaning time um so really it's it's about going through your yos um picking out the the, the thinner ones if you have preferential grazing or feeding available. Um, So in flocks where there's an awful use, the uh, sub suboptimal we would be saying take them out, treat them as a separate group, and and go in and start supplementing them a little bit earlier than you normally would. Um, But certainly for all sheep farmers, um, really this year we should be keeping an eye on on body condition and the amount of nutrition, in particular grass or or, or, or hay or silage that's available to the ewes. And what we often see, John, is that you know, there, there's a delay in housing yours We try to leave the yields out as long as we can. Um, and the reason for that, I suppose, is, is that there's less labour associated with yows outside and it's cheaper. But in a year like this, where grass has disappeared very, very quickly, you know, I would be saying, once the grass runs out, you need to start supplementing. So that's whether you're supplementing with forage or concentrate. Um, obviously, the forage is the cheaper option here, silage, um, and don't delay letting yours kind of run around for a week or 10 days on tight grass is absolutely detrimental to, to, to body condition um, this time of the year. So really, keep an eye on it. When the yeoes run out of, of feed, you need to go in and start supplementing. This is not the year that people can afford to say, you know, we'll let the yeoes lose a little bit of weight in mid-pregnancy. Not a good idea. You know, yours are already um, challenged enough in terms of the body condition side of things. So look, it's about nutrition, I suppose the other thing that we mentioned earlier on was the liver fluke, um, uh, the internal parasites. So generally stomach worms are not an issue in adult joe, so we wouldn't be advocating treating them for stomach worms, but certainly um, I would be looking into things like liver and rumen fluke um, if those are an issue on your
1: farm as well. Some great information there, Michael, and of course, uh, as always, happy livestock, happy thriving livestock on the welfare issue will turn out to be almost invariably, or if not uh, 100%, better profits for the farmer so welfare and uh, keeping your animal in good health thank you very much indeed mr michael godstein chagas head of sheep program knowledge transfer department chagas Kodrum mccroom in the west of county michael thank you very much indeed thanks a million
0: Th- thanks for having me on thank you
1: you're very welcome Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Dermot Kelleher, National President of ICSA, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. Dermot, before we talk about um, the ICBF, etc., the acre situation.
4: Well, there was a meeting yesterday. And as you see we in there, that meeting. that was involved in the farmer's chapter of the rights. rights. We were very disappointed, actually, with, the, with that attitude. Some of the farmers in the acres were not prepared. Nobody was saying until the middle of February, after the middle of February. But the biggest worst of all, John, is they said that it's been the end of February, but no guarantee. No guarantee means it could go, it could go, it could go more. They only allowed so many tw- thousand farmers into acres and then, because were subscribed, and they left it up to 64,000, and their system couldn't take it. They put back all oh, the payments two weeks. In October, well, they was back two, two weeks from the ENC and from the BISS to say the whole uh, thing about payments. I was put back for two weeks. They them, not sat out there. The carry on. But it's still, it's still not happy. It's still not, still not, it's still not, not it.
1: Is it a very complex scheme, Acres? It
4: is in one Well, there's a lot of, there's a very really big menu. There's a really big menu of actions you can pick you can pick pick from. That's what makes it so complicated. you know what I mean? No one family do them all, do you understand? Oh, geez, it, geez. it could be in an acres and you could be in acres, John, and we, we may we may have two completely different uh, do different menus in our planned, do you understand?
1: I, I do indeed, Dermot, and that seems to be part of the complexity. In one report there, the agri-press has said that the Department of Agriculture computer systems themselves, now computers, were struggling to process the commonage scorecards. That would seem to indicate a pretty complex situation.
4: It is, John, and you see what's even more standards is that to have it all off of the planners and the, the, the consultants. That's one of the problem. Now they only a consultant or email a consultant on a planner and say, "Go and take a a geotag photograph, which is a photograph where they know the location and the date and the time it was to taken." So they'll actually try to pan off. their work. and they'll walk, um, they have the way but we're paying to do all all, all, all all business. But you see, John, the whole thing buys the down and I'm at this for a long, long time, John. And you helped me say this before. There is no bit of respect to don't get the respect for, for farmers. I mean, I've seen farmers, all oh, their money held up for something like zero zero one of a hectare. Put me the size of the, of, the, of, the, of the kitchen. And they'll stop all your money. Well, My am has maintained that we should get the first half of your money, and if there's a problem, they'll be sorted out in the second. At least get some of your money anyway. But they don't need to be trying to do or to listen to, to us, John.
1: Dermot, roughly in terms of money, roughly have you a round figure, an average figure, of what the acres um, payment would mean for farmers who qualify?
4: Reasonably we say middling grown, that is it's for a lot of acres in. Low input pasture and so on, he could get up to, he could get away up to around maybe six, seven grand. grand. But a normally handy farmer to have the massive amount of acres, he'd he be looking to end up between two and three thousand a year.
1: Dermot, something I'm just looking at there in the Farmer's Journal, there is an indication there that some farmers, some farmers might receive Acres Payment, the Acres General, uh, on the 18th of December. But are we saying there's now a risk to all payments that mightn't come till February, and even then, as you've said, it mightn't even occur in February? There's no guarantee. What
4: they said was yesterday was that a the amount will be paid in December. And the remainder won't be paid until February, and they put, a, they put a proviso in, there's no guarantee. And there's no guarantee who will be first and who will be last. Do you know what I mean? So they just keep your fingers crossed that you may be paid in December. If you won't be paid in December, you'll have to hold it up till be at least February before you're paid.
1: And so that's near
4: to Christmas... That's all I can say to you, John, that I'm very sorry, but we fought toot totally and nail and... You saddle and Fidelman, they did they fought too to the day yesterday with in Paris with other family organizations as well. They were all fighting with the department. But there was no movement there was no movement them. They said that their system can't cooperate anymore and that there'll be some paid in, it in December. What will be paid in December will be paid in February.
1: Uh, of course, we we don't have to emphasise so near to Christmas. People have enough problems with the heavy expenditure of uh, Christmas that the, the, the people, you know, trying to plan their Christmas, they're going to be without income. They had built on. Well, I
4: am actually i convinced of No, I could be completely wrong, and I mean I don't know all of us like. but I believe, in my honest opinion, if any farmer goes into because Credit Union are going to the bank and said, look, there's two or three or four thousand coming to me. It's held after 1 February. I don't think any Credit Union or any bank can refuse to give you a leg up until you get your money. I actually don't. There's a fantastic man there in, Bansley from in the Bansley, in the, in the Credit Union, in the, the cultivating there in Bansley. So he's doing very good. He's doing a lot of good work for the people going to the buses as well. But if we, anyone... Like when I was our seller don't let the bank come looking for you, you ring them before you for you for your problem. But I believe if you go to the bank and you'll and know, tell them, That's what's my payment, that's what's due to me. Well, the papi will get that figure out. That's the money I'm going to
1: get. It applies nearly to anything. If you put all your cards on the table, especially if you're trying to negotiate a deal with one of the financial institutions, if you put all of your cards on the table and they understand this was a payment which should have come but might be delayed, well then, all your cards on the table, well, as you've said there, in a very hopeful, optimistic um, frame of mind, the credit unions and the banks, they will appreciate the value of farmers and the particularly difficult circumstances potentially hitting farmers in the run up to Christmas.
4: Yeah, I believe like before anyone in West in West Park, if you're going to the union if the well, ox standard, anyone these lads are dealing with farmers in the cultivate and it should show them, that's what's coming to me. I don't think that there would be there would be a problem. problem, problem. No, I could be wrong, but that is my honest topic in
1: Well, Dermot, you are highlighting the situation and you went to the meeting there a day or two ago. So, could we turn to something else which um, is really a bone of contention, particularly with your members, you being the <laughs> national president of the Irish Cattle Chief Farmers Association, Mr. Dermot Keller? You recently said that changes to beef breeding indices of pedigree bulls have gone too far. Now, what should be done and what's happening for the SCEP scheme?
4: They can call all the names in the world. The very first sector scheme actually came out of, that came out of my head. i go many years ago to the great scheme, the other But this scheme will be grand. It, it, it will be a help. Though there's a lot of people who doubt that Barbies should be closed or don't. The Bobby figures are very good, actually, for follow them, having intervals, cows per cat, for the year, and so on. But there's more choice if you to stand But what they're after doing in this scheme is that you have to have some 80% or 90% um, five-star replacement females. But what I'm fighting about, him, when I have gone to meet ICBF, and I going to meet him again, there is no bit of understanding about, like what my problem is. A man. It's a stockman, and it's an behind the computer. Can Ten numbers, but it's a stockman's head. And the figures, of course, you can get figures to prove anything if you wanted them, but a five-star, you've got a little Angus out of a jersey, it's five-star for re- replacement. That, to me, is absolutely shocking, because that code will never produce a kick-off. We'll grow up with Tarkas quality or anything else. So what they're doing was they got an idea that they're still changing the figures again. And any bull that they thought, in their mind would be slightly harder than normal for calving in that breed. They pulled his figures very, very hard. Which means that he's now ineligible to use him. And that's uh, Skip's game. And the bull's not fair for two weeks ago. There was a fantastic cattle sale above in Carrigan Shannon. Still every year. The top of the, sh- the, the short cattle in the country. I don't think there's no more left in the steps of my Carrigan channel on Castle Island, on short State, even in They want a little. I think what's wrong with that they're trying to show shoehorn the daily figures down in, in top of the, the, the beef, and it is not going to work. I've seen it happen over the years. Now, the figures in the cows are beginning to make a small business sense slowly. There's a lot of problems there. And I believe what happened was that some some fella in the very start put it on into the computer that woke up half, half an Eric, because she wouldn't have uh, Eric's death. And that's the defect in the computer, you know what I mean? I my trying tell you to like I said, it would take me top three to years to get the the the, the feature. It was all, 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 all down to here. We're not putting it back into again. But there was a very good bull down we were using in AI. My son was using him as an AI technician. And there was the several, Tim think, was using this bull for replacement, for using it in first-time calves. And knows no, 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 he's, he's not acceptable anymore.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Dermot Keller, National President of the ICSA Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. Dermot, thank you very much indeed for your valuable time. Thanks, Thanks very a much, John. And that's the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to all who contributed to this week's program. The guests, Barry O'Mahony, Head of News, 96FM and C103. Marie Tuig, 96FM and C103, News Reporter and News Reader. Marie is also the creator of the regular Farm Talk podcasts on C103 homepage. Special words of appreciation to you, the listener, for tuning in. The Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Saturday mornings 7am to 8am and Wednesday evenings 10pm to 11pm. Podcasts on C103 homepage. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids and fertility.